What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Creating Wealth Podcast, where I, Kyle, from Kyle Curtin Real Estate, interview local top dogs in the real estate investing, wealth building, and personal finance industries. Let's build together. Welcome to episode five of the podcast. Today, I get the amazing opportunity to interview Joe DeCola. He is a super knowledgeable investor, currently house hacking a single family property in Malden, Mass. There is unreal amounts of information worth its weight in gold in this episode, especially for newer investors that are starting out fresh. This conversation is so valuable and carried on a little longer than usual, but for really good reason, so it's going to be split into two episodes. I hope you enjoy. Let's jump right into the episode. Like one really big thing that I want to stress that like I kind of figured out relatively recently, mm-hmm. your age and experience doesn't really matter when it comes to reaching out to people. No, um, you don't have doesn't. to be some big like hotshot. You know, you don't have to have a master's degree in finance to to do what we're trying to do. You know, anybody right. can do it. And yep. Like it was really surprising to get kind of the awareness that like people like want to help other people too, especially right. new people. I know. You know, I it was surprising. Into, yeah, definitely. I walked into my first meetup and I was like, oh, you know, I'm just going to be like, you know, that 19 year old kid, you know, nobody's going to want to help me. You know, I'm going to be in there for no reason. And I ended up meeting like a lady in there that, um, you know, I talked to for a while after she showed me, you know, a bunch of stuff that was really valuable. And then we started meeting on like Saturday mornings with a couple other people. And like, Mm -hmm. she was one of the really big, you know, uh, I guess like teachers, you could say, you know, to start everything. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, like, I wonder if there's other people like her, you know, that would want to like, just talk about this stuff even, or, you know, how can I help them in any way? And it's, there's so many people out there and like yeah. what you think in your mind of like how things are going to be with people, you know, like, oh, you know, they're not going to want to do anything with me because I don't have anything to give them. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you just have to kind of wipe those away and then just go see what happens. And yep. to your point about, you know, like if a new lender was in the area, call him up you know what's he gonna do like mm-hmm. not answer yeah. well maybe not answer the phone but you know what i mean he's not gonna yeah. like rush you off the phone you know because right no he's not exactly you know so you and never know who's out there a lot of people that can be in your team don't even have to be anybody that owns any rentals or even does flips or like into real estate at all maybe i there's people out there that are cpas that are just super passionate about helping people with their taxes they don't own any properties on their own but they genuinely wake up in the morning like pumped to do people's taxes like those people exist there's people that love to get people into their first house or their second house like with a lender or that type of thing so um you know you can't be a master at everything you can read a million books you can um you know do as much as you can but like you said there's only there's only so many hours in a week so you know it's nice to to meet these people that and you know they are willing to help it's uh you know, cause that's their job. And, you know, when they do their job correctly and they went, when they help people, both parties win, it's a win-win situation on both sides. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. yeah it's cool stuff. Man. Totally. And like, that's really huge about, you know, meeting as many people as you can and like the, all the opportunities that show themselves and like the doors that open is out of this world. Like, you don't, you don't know what you're walking into, you know, like, mm-hmm it's it's just so crazy and yeah i don't know (laughs) no yeah you're right it is so right um what are the most effective resources that have helped you the most so far on your journey gotcha so i will say um when i started working full-time and i knew that i wanted to invest my money I would look, you know, I looked about stocks, picking stocks. I looked at like index funds, mutual funds. I looked at futures trading. I looked at commodities. I looked at, you know, um, you know, buying you know, different things at market prices, et cetera. Yeah. Um, real estate, whether it be in funds or like actually buying properties, that type of thing. Um, so, I mean, I would say like, um yeah what what was this one again sorry i keep keep sending myself on a side tangent yeah (laughs) 
what are the most effective resources that have helped oh, you yeah. the most far on your journey? Yeah. So, and then when I was looking at those things, I started reading books and, you know, then I started looking at things on my own after reading the books. So I would see, you know, what things I had control over, how much risk was involved in each of these things. Um, you know, kind of seeing, you know, what was a good path that I could see myself going down. So then I started focusing more on the real estate stuff. And then from there, I remember I made a bigger pockets, um, account and I went to all of, uh, like the local areas and like by region and that type of thing. And I started reading pages and pages of multifamilies and first time home buyers and all of this stuff, um, that would, you know, pertain to kind of my market area. And, you know, you read a, um, a few other finance books and, and real estate books and that type of thing too. And you see, you know, there's people buying three units for a hundred grand in like Indiana or Kansas or like who knows where, yep. um, Tennessee, but it's like, all right, that's not going to work for me, but that's okay. It doesn't mean it's not out of reach. You know, I like the area and I wanted to stay around here and certain parts are growing. So then I tried to find more people that were trying to operate in the same ball game that I was. So, um, then, you know, going from a high level to more and more specific, I figured out, you know, the real estate meetups, which are now all virtual because of the, the world situation right now, but going to a lot of those in person was very helpful. So that was a good, that was like one of my best resources. Um, and, you know, just talking to people, asking them questions, um, you know, seeing their experience and that type of thing. So I would say, um, resources that helped me in that order. I started with the, with the books. Then I went to the online communities about, you know, the real estate and the housing and, and that type of thing. And then I started like putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. So when I met someone in person and they said, you know, this is a Fannie Mae loan is, this is what mortgage insurance is. This is what a, um, you know, owner occupied tax exemption is not knowing what any of this stuff was before it was really starting to put the pieces of the puzzle together. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would say that my resources were, were in those like three main groups. There was the, the books and articles of people that have done it and are currently doing it and success, successful at it. Then there's the online communities, Facebook groups, um, you know, following the right people on Instagram, um, YouTube videos, huge help, whether you're looking at, you know, how to analyze an investment property, or like how to redo a bathroom, or um, what is an FHA loan, or how to be a good landlord, all of those things, resources. And then the third step, the most specific one, and the one that's you know, right on my front doorstep is those around me in this, in this community that are doing the same thing. So there's no need to reinvent the wheel with a lot of it. Just learn from others' mistakes, learn from your mistakes, um, you know, see how, see how others have been doing it and try to, you know, everyone's situation is, is different. You can't model it exactly, but you can, if you get one idea from each person then you have a full, then you have a full book of good ideas. So that's how I perceive it and how I've gone about it. My, my main uh, resources groups. That's huge. Mm -hmm. All those are definitely extremely valuable. Even with the books, man, and even like YouTube, like, yeah, I first got into investing like yourself, you know, with the stocks and the index funds and stuff like that. Every Mm -hmm. question that you have about that kind of stuff, somebody's made a YouTube video about it. Right. You know, or a Google search, like the amount of Mm -hmm. information that we have in this day and age is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. You know, maybe imagine trying to do this like 50 years ago or something like no Mm -hmm. internet. You know, there's a couple books here and there, but you have to find them. But right, I know. I you feel would like have to be like the information is so at our fingertips now that it's ridiculous. Like it's it's literally right there. And um, you know, like if you want to learn how to do something, anything, you know, like you said, you know, from uh like redoing a bathroom to you know, learning how to analyze a property for the first time. Yep. And it's you know, it's it's nuts. And, yeah. Um, Like you don't really, I mean, I don't want to say that you don't have to pay for any of it, but a lot of this information is literally just out in the open. No, it is. And it's, it's right there. Even, 
yeah, even if you were doing other stuff, like say you were studying for something in college and like, you know, there was a chapter on the calculus that you couldn't understand from reading the book. Like there's a, someone's going to explain it outright on YouTube. Yep. Like it's crazy. There's so much free knowledge out there. It's like, yeah, people are all about their certificates and degrees and all of this stuff too. But you know, a lot of other people can learn just as much, if not more, if they really want to. So exactly. the resources are there. You just need to push yourself to jump into them because someone's not going to force you to go to a class and lecture you in front of yourself every day. You're going to have to be this, you're going to be the teacher and you're going to have to teach yourself. Yep. So that's, that's so true, man. Self-education yeah. is extremely important. Yeah. And I feel like you're right. Like the information's all there. It's just having the desire to go out and find it and learn it. That's right. Execute and, Mm-mm. And it's, you know, like it doesn't take a, a bunch of money to get the information or, you know, go meet the right people like bigger mm-hmm. pockets, like the, the amount of resources on there alone, yeah. you know, the people, oh, yeah. you know, you can look mm-hmm. up people in your area. You can go and meet these people. You can have yep. like relationships for the rest of your life and, you know, help each other out the whole way. It's yeah. ridiculous how much, how much is out there. You just have to mm-hmm. have the desire to go out and get it. Yep. Oh yeah. So no, I'm, I'm with you. It, uh, you know, people will say that with all the technology in this day and age, it's creating a lot of problems, which it can be, but it's also opening up a lot of doors. Like, you know, we're not there yet, but there's like this sophomore way to analyze properties. It's going to get to the point where you can manage a buy and manage a property without even seeing it in person, not having to get on a plane. Yep. So doing these virtual walkthroughs and 3d showings and all this stuff it's you know there are a lot of tools on our fingertips so totally it all helps i know there's a bigger pockets app there's uh you know mortgage calculators you can have your google sheets open as you're walking through a house that's for sale and be punching in like the square footage of the bedrooms and see how much you're estimating to pull in and rent yep like yeah you can set these systems up to really help. And if you didn't know how to make that Google spreadsheet, there's probably a video about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and just keep backtracking and learning and everything that you wanted to know is, is out there. For yep. the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. So we already went over a bunch. Yeah. Could be an answer to this question. Um, yeah. But- what is something that you thought about business networking or wealth creation that changed as you went along? Yeah. So I guess I kind of thought, so this is, this is a good question. I was thinking about this. Like everybody sees the big tech companies or like the next big app that took off. Yeah. And the way that people are looking at it is like, you're either on that level or you're just like middle-class and like just work your whole life and retire at 65 and that's it. Yeah. But a lot of how things operate, if you make a bunch of small steps in the right direction every day or every week or every month, you'll be at a goal. I think a lot faster than you realize that you can be Mm -hmm. because you're learning as you go. And like, even at someone in their twenties or thirties year, year old, if they just started then and really jumped into doing the research and like buying something or yeah, that type of thing, you can make a ton of ground in 10 years. So, you know, if you don't, if you don't have that million dollar idea when you're 25 years old, if you don't, if you didn't start a clothing line or like, you know, a shoe brand or like something by the, or like, you know, have 200,000 followers on like a social media, something when you're 35 years old, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be that, that you're not going to be able to make it yeah. like people create wealth and create success daily doing a bunch of different things. So I think that, you know, what I've seen is, you know, some methods are obviously faster than others, but if you stick to your system and you do your, you know, if you do your, your due diligence, then, you know, there are ways to amass, like crazy amounts of wealth, even, you know, if you do it right and you're, you're determined. So, but it doesn't happen overnight and, you know, you don't have to be 
super well-known like a celebrity or anything like that but i mean you know there's you know there's there's different avenues for this yeah and i guess too like what kind of change in the world of how i saw things it was like the school system and kind of how we are brought up it like it really does teach us to study hard work hard um you know get a job in a high-paying field and like ride that out work up the corporate ladder and i do a lot of people do go that route because it's the it's way traditional. that yep. it's traditional and it's the, it really is the way that we're taught I would have loved to learn about what a 1031 exchange was when I was a junior in high school, or if I knew like what I could write off on my taxes or like what like loan pay down was like any of that stuff and how like the interest changes or like, you know, what's a variable rate mortgage or a fixed rate, like, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, the education world, I feel like it teaches you how to learn. And then when you're, when you're out of it, you get a, you got to learn how to learn on your own yep. after you've learned how to learn because you're not going to use everything that you got there probably in the grand scheme of life, a very, very slim amount of that. So yeah, in the business world and like in how I see things port like set out as I go older, like you see people that are very successful who by society standards, because they didn't graduate college, it's like, Oh, how come this person like has what they have? And then, you know, there's other people that, you know, or like professors or something, or, you know, not to knock anyone in these professions, but you know, they can be struggling still. Yeah. Even with all of that stuff. So in the, yeah, that's kind of changed my outlook on that whole situation um, as to how wealth is generated and preserved. Cause some people make money and then burn through it. And then there's nothing left for like the family coming afterwards or anything like that. Um, yep. But, and you know, the other thing is too, it's like, there's, like I said before, there's like not a limited amount of pie. Everyone, you can help people. Like you don't, no, no one's going to steal your grand idea and like run away with it. And you're going to be left out. Like if you just stay diligent and work hard, um, you know, that is big as well. And you can, anybody can, can do it. And you know, the wealth can be shared amongst, amongst everyone. And then I will say too, like hard work doesn't always mean like big payoff, big payoff. Because I remember I was reading a, a book by Stefan Arnio. He was a real estate guy. If hard work made people rich, construction work, construction workers and waitresses would be the wealthiest around us because they bust their asses. Do. But you have to also be smart and make good choices. So it is a very, it's very, uh, mental as well um you know how what choices are you making day to day with that money that you're earning and with that time that you're forfeiting and you got to look at things on like a time to time basis so you know this iphone cost a thousand dollars how much time are you spending at work to actually afford that so yeah in the business sense um and like we said too i mean i think that there are a lot of people that are willing to help there's a lot of people in this world Sure, some of them are going to be either jealous or not want to see you succeed or not going to want to be patient, not going to want to deal with you, not going to want to teach you, not going to want to take you under their wing. But there's some that will and there's some that will give you even whether it's a small tidbit of information that's going to help you or actually mentor you through the entire process. There's going to be all sorts of individuals uh, across that whole spectrum. So, yeah, it's... um. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's how my perception of, you know, the business and, and the world that we live in has kind of changed too, um, you know, and then we, a lot of young people come out of school and I mean, we really are infants in the real world. Like we had things paid for us before that. And, you know, we were just always in school and we never had to like work and support ourselves. And then like, you know, you jump into it and then, you know learning on a whole nother level takes place it's all different so you know you start to you definitely start to perceive things differently uh when you're transitioning from a youth into a self-sufficient adult i will say definitely man and that change that that changes how you feel about a lot of stuff it changes how you feel about 
the people that you want to spend time with and you know it changes like what you want to spend your money on it changes um what's important to learn and what you know you can ignore what um yeah you know what values values is a big thing i feel like when people mature they go through a value change mm -hmm. and you know especially um you know as you progress freedom time family um enjoyment getting the most out of what you possibly can during our short time on this planet those yep. are all things that are very valuable and helping out like you genuinely feel good when you can help somebody too. So I think that a lot of people genuinely do help, help other people, you know, not wanting anything in return because they get a lot of, you know, enjoyment out of that. So definitely. I think values makes up a huge part of it. Yeah, I definitely so. agree that, um, you know, with the values that there is definitely like a win-win standard mm -hmm. that can be accomplished really across anything. Like, you know, from, uh, you know, or even like for me talking to you right now, you know, it's, it's absolutely huge, you know, for me to have you on, cause you know, you're a lot more experienced than I am and, you know, be able to push this out to a bunch of people and, you know, be able to give them that information and, you know, this really valuable knowledge. And, um, you know, I, I love being able to shout you out too, and, you know, have people maybe connect with you after through that and yeah, like so this potential exactly. win went. And mm -hmm. even like, you know, to, you know, something a little bit different, you know, like if you had a property and, um, you know, like you said, you, like you were talking about earlier, you know, mm -hmm. cleaning it might not be the best source of your time, you know, in certain situations. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you spend a little bit of your money to have somebody come in and clean that. Now you get to retain your time for, you know, things that are more efficient for you you know, give them a little bit of money and then they have a yeah. little bit more money in their pocket for their time. It's You're right. I feel like there's totally a win-win that can be done across the board and, You're right. uh, you know, in most things. And that's um, very true. Even I'm glad earlier you said, uh, you were talking about the professor. Cause I actually have a story about this that like, I've never really had the opportunity to talk about. Mm -hmm. So when I finished high school, you know, I, I did my HVAC trade for a year. Yep. Sick of my company. And then I ended up going to a community college for a year. Mm -hmm. Now I was getting pretty interested in the investing, you know, at this point. And, yeah. uh, you know, I had this English teacher in college and, you know, we had to write a, a little paper or whatever. And I, I wrote about something having to do with investing. I forget. Mm -hmm. And I put, you know, the letters ROI, you know, for those who don't know, it's return on investment in the paper <laughs> a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't think anything of it because my teacher was like, you know, 80, 90 years old, something like that. I'm like, she definitely knows what this is. You know, I, I shouldn't have to, you know, like disclose it, I guess. Yeah. And she came up to me, you know, when she was passing the papers around after they were corrected. And she's like, who's this Roy guy? And like, my heart just sank. I'm like, are you serious right now? Like, she's gone her whole life. You know, if she's happy, don't get me wrong. Like, then phenomenal. Like, good for her. You know, I'm, I'm glad she enjoyed being a teacher. But right. if she right. didn't really understand that, then she might mm -hmm. not have ever seen the potential for, you know, creating wealth and, and living the life that she may have actually wanted to. Exactly. It was a huge eye opener for me. I was like, whoa, like this is like not everybody knows about this kind of thing. Right. You know, here I was assuming that she, you know, knew and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. She never got the, the preview, I guess, of, of what's possible. She just kind of followed the norm and it's like, wow. Yep. That was crazy. Yep. <laughs> I know, I, I know what you're saying. It's um, you know, part of it too is a lot of people need to try different things. Yeah. Like if you know, you just can't be it, even if you're gonna suck at it and fail at it, you still gotta try something, even if it interests you the slightest bit. Yep. So I mean I mean, I tried picking stocks before. Thought it was kind of tough. Like, you know, I've tried doing, you know, different things here and there. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, studying different things, changing my mind about what I wanted to go to school for. I changed my jobs three times already. I'm on my third company, just kind of like 
figuring out exactly what I like doing day to day and, you know, what, what there is for opportunity and learning. Um, but yeah, the, like, just like that professor, I mean, if you are, you know, if you're happy doing something, then that's great. And, you know, you figured it out and maybe that's it. But if you're not happy, you don't want to sit anywhere and just, and, you know, be, be miserable day to day, just like start, you know, trying different things. And if you're bad at it, that's fine. Put it down and try something else. Yep. So I totally agree with you, man. I, I feel like people don't, don't really taste enough and see what they actually like to do. And, uh, maybe people get uncomfortable, like trying new things and, you know, like, yeah, definitely. Or oh, they're afraid what someone is going to think of them for trying it. Exactly. You know, like there's so many things out there, you know, that you can do and, uh, you know, like we're never going to get a chance, you know, in all of our lives to try everything. Right. But, you know, if you can try as much stuff as you want, like you might be into one thing that, you know, that you would have never thought of if you didn't try it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you never give it a shot, you know, because, you know, this guy's going to call you an idiot, you know, you're not going to try it, whatever. Then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you might not ever know, you know, right. what's out there. And, you know, just putting yourself out there in general is it's essential. You know, it's very true. You, know, you just have to taste and, and see what you like. For sure. For sure. So, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of what else, too. It's like it can be with pretty much almost anything, even if you're trying a new hobby. Like, yep. you know, some people, they'll try something one time, really be into it, turn it into a hobby, like it so much, it becomes a side hustle. And then, you know, who knows? They're exactly. having a lot of fun. They're meeting a lot of people. They're doing what they love to do and they're making money while they're doing it. So, yep. um, yeah. Amen. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yep. Um, what is your best piece of advice to new investors that want to start and manage their rental portfolio? Okay. I know there's been so much. <laughs> yeah. 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 My biggest piece of advice I would say is I would put together the tools that you need in order to make a confident decision um, that will set you up for success. And I will put those tools down as like management skills because if you're going to have any sort of tenant whether it's in one bedroom or a whole unit or multiple units you need to know how you're going to manage that and that's a big skill there's people that have mbas in management and then there's people that read a ton of books on management there's managers that are terrible at management and there's people that aren't managers that are phenomenal managers totally and there's some parents that can manage a household and some that can't so Wherever you may be, I don't know how you're going to figure it out, but practice, educate yourself and be a good manager because you need to manage your time. You need to manage the tenants. You need to manage the problems. It really is management. Like a property manager can have a full-time job managing a property. So on your first or second or third one, when you're still really involved with it, take some time, invest in yourself, learning management skills. So that's one tool. And then I would say too, like the financial thing is really big. So when you're getting going, you know, know what cash reserves mean, know what return on investment means, know what cash flow means, know what DTI means, know what LTV means, know what a refinance will do. If you know all of this and you know what money is going to go where, and you can manage the finances. Like I said, that's another piece of the management, managing the finances. What do you do when this paycheck comes in? What are you going to do when this rent check comes in? Yep. Like, you know, paying the taxes on it. So I would say, you know, that's the other thing too, is just knowing, wrapping your head around the finances with your Excel sheets, with your calculations, with your analysis, not to the point where you have analysis paralysis, but just roughly like, you, ha- you can be decent at math to help you, but it's really not rocket science. You just got to take a little bit of time to just sort through it. Not that it's going to take, you know, months to figure it out. Not that it's going to take, um, you know, you're going to have to hire 
a scientist to do it for you. I'm just saying, you know, get that buttoned up so that you know when you buy something that you, you won't get hurt. Yeah. So, you know, to the to the newer investors that are, if they're going to pull anything away from this, organize yourself, manage yourself, manage everything around you, and then know what you're going to do financially. And, you know, those are, those are two components that are very crucial, uh, I would say, because you don't want to set yourself up into something that you are going to have to get out of, or, you know, it, you don't want it to be a bad experience. You don't want a bad taste in your mouth from it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's what I would say. You know, if someone told me how to go about it, you know, those are like the biggest things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there are a lot of personal skills there that you got to learn. So definitely, you know, some people have them naturally. Some have more than others. Some are lacking in some areas, but are better in others. Um, it's good to figure out, I guess, what you're lacking in as far as that goes and then try to execute from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Mm. It's really so. huge. What is a common myth about building a portfolio that you want to debunk? I love this question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so even from just buying a condo in an expensive area to buying rental properties, everyone thinks that you need to have a ton of money and they'll say, Oh, when I'm older, I'll be able to afford it. Or I'll wait until I'm 40 to invest in real estate, or I'll wait until I'm 50 or I'll wait until I'm 35, whatever. Yep. Um, real estate is powerful in that it is one of the only assets you can purchase with so much leverage. So you don't need a lot of money. You can put a little money down and it can go a long way as long as you manage it properly. And you do the right thing with it. So like I knew somebody who bought an FHA loan three family and it was like 700,000 and they only had a scrape together. I think like 25,000, that's three and a half percent of that. Um, and then managed to have the seller pay the closing costs because they were looking to get out. Yep. So you're in a cash generating appreciating asset that is costing you either close to $0 or you're positively cash flowing already from the other two units renting um, in a property that costs that much. And like you're in it, you can, you can live there, you can keep your job, you can save a lot more money and then you can just run with that, learn to manage, learn to do what you have to do um, and then save money and then like do it again. So as you're fixing up and like adding value, the equity plays are huge. And then, you know, a year or two goes by, you get a refinance. Like they'll come and say that your house is worth even more. You made money on the spot. So that's, and that's not even, that's like the standard way with a federal loan. There's ways to get, I haven't done it this way yet, but there's ways to get private money. Yeah. You can get hard loans for short periods of time. If you know someone who's wealthy and willing to invest, like, People will hand you money. Mm -hmm. I know like there's books out there investing in real estate with no, like low or no money down. Yep. But even if you don't go to great lengths to find something like that or an individual that's going to just give you all that you need, like you should be able to like scrape together $20,000. Yeah. Like just, just do it. Whether you have to live at home, whether you have to work overtime, whether you have to eat ramen noodles, like everyone's situation is different. Right. Yep. But don't make an excuse. You can really just focus in on what you need to do and you can hit, hit that ball. Like it's not, um, it doesn't have to be overcomplicated and it doesn't have to be, you know, it's a, a like having a ton of money down. So, and then, you know, people will say to like, well, yeah, that's, that's the biggest one that I like to, to debunk but 
you know, there's some other ones too, as far as like um, saying that being a landlord is miserable and that type of thing. And a lot of the people that are saying that have never done it before, Yep. but Most you do them. have your, you do have your issues, but at the end of the day, if you set your systems up correctly and you do the right thing, screening, et cetera, like you're going to have, you're going to have bumps in the road, like regardless, but it'll still be worth it in the end Yep. or, or in the middle of it. Yeah, it'll be worth it when you're still like 35 and not that old then it'll continue to be worth it until you're older but yeah no that's the thing um like i saw this post the other day or something and it was like that new iphone 12 that just came out is 20 percent of a down payment you would need to buy a five hundred thousand dollar house or something yep (laughs) like I've seen posts like that. I don't, I don't know if that was the exact number, but you know what I mean? Like you can, yeah, you can be smart with your money to like make it work for you with leverage, really. See, like posts like so, that I really like because it puts things into perspective that kind of speaks to everybody. Like even yes. people who, you know, just ordinary people who aren't really into real estate. It mm-hmm. just kind of shows you like, you know, kind of where your priorities are. And in the grand scheme of things, like, you know, 10, 15, 20, you know, 30 grand, it's, it's attainable, you know, yep. as long as you're diligent and, um, you know, like mm-hmm. you said, you know, you might have to sacrifice a little bit, but, you know, if you really want this, then you're going to sacrifice, you're going to do what you have to do to get to that point. Right. And then, like you said, you know, as leveraged as, as you can be, you know, like buying real estate in general. Mm -hmm. um you know like three and a half percent down or you know there are some that are like no money down like i think like a Mm -hmm. usda loan or something in like some situations is like i don't know i I didn't never really got into those but yeah 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 it's or like you said you know private money you know people who you know you meet the right people from networking and in you know if you kind of have your stuff together or bring Mm -hmm. them like a good property they might literally give you the money for it and it's it's insane like (laughs) yeah oh yeah anybody can do it you're 100 percent right you know Mm -hmm. we just have to have the desire to to go out and get it and even between like five years ago and now i know like a handful of people that are doing it that are younger than 30 and like the proof is in the pudding like it's out there there are people doing this and you can do it too so you know it's uh it is cool stuff in that regard. So yeah, I would say that that's my, that's my biggest myth that, uh, you know, I would have to debunk. Um, I've heard stories of people living in literally San Francisco where everything's over like $2 million yeah. and they still somehow bought a single family that needed work, but like was a four bedroom. And then they made two bedrooms downstairs and lived in one and rented out all five and still were cash flowing, like positive, like, Yep. There are ways. There's always ways. Totally. You can mm-hmm. do it anywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's the other thing too. It's like the numbers are higher, but everything's just inflated. So, I mean, yeah. you know, obviously that's not true for every market and you got to analyze it. But t- like if you typically, you know, if the, the houses are well into the hundreds of thousands, your rent's going to be significantly higher probably because you're in a more desirable area. And then, 5% of that house increase is going to be more money than 5% of a hundred thousand dollar house increase. So you're just working with bigger numbers, but you don't want to be intimidated by the big numbers. Yeah. It's crazy. What is it? You can get like a uh, house hack, do an FHA on a four unit, live in one, rent out three. And like the limit is like over a million or something. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it sounds like you're taking a big bite there uh, that most people would want to chew, but you know, it's possible if the numbers work and you're confident in your abilities, you yep. know, there's, there's those things that, that are out there. Yeah. You're so. definitely right. Even, um, you know, like a strategy that may work in this market, you mm-hmm. know, won't work in other markets, but the same goes for them. You know, other strategies in those markets will work that won't work here. Like, I feel like you just have to kind of match, you know, the strategy with your situation and, and go from there. You know, it's yep. like, um, you know, David Green, he, he hosts the Bigger Pockets podcast for, you know, some of those people who haven't really checked it out. Mm-hmm. He said, um, he said a couple times to, um, 
like live where you want to live, but invest where the numbers make sense. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And it, it's totally true. You know, it, yeah. you just have to match, you know, find out what your plan is going to be and where right. it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, go from there. That's true. That's true. I know certain, certain markets are better if you're just putting 20% down, getting a multi and, you know, you're sort of looking solely on cash flow. And, yeah. you know, there are a lot of places in the Midwest and in the South where, you know, certain demographics and areas, it's working out better. But, you know, when you're in a more expensive place or more desirable place, you just got to be a bit more creative. I didn't run a, I know I'm close with my family and like, like I wanted to stay in this area and I like, you know, I like the whole New England feel and everything. And, you know, yeah. I've been a life, lifelong Boston area person. I didn't really want to get out of here. So yep. I had to look at what was going to work for me in this area. So mm-hmm. totally, man. So you just got to shift gears, kind of like change it up because what, what works in certain places may not work as well in other places. Cause you see too, like there's a, b- b- a bunch of people that only have single families in their rental portfolio. And then in other areas of the country, people only have multis and in some places they have a 50, 50 mix of both. Some people make good investments with condos, like condos, you know, some people aren't saying are good investments, but it all depends on where you're right. So just cool. getting really in touch and really familiar with your market area is a big thing. Yeah. So that's true. Definitely. But yeah. And last but not least. Yes. Um, do you read? I know, you know, we talked quite a bit about, you know, all the books that there ever were basically earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, what is your favorite business investing or real estate book that you would recommend to anyone? If you had to pick sure. one. If I had to pick one. All right. So yeah, I will say to start off, right? Like, I mean, even in middle school and in high school, I didn't like reading. I hated English class. I was like mm-hmm. a math and science guy. Yeah. I, uh, I, you couldn't give me a history book and I would, couldn't get lost in it. But then later in life, I figured out you give me a self-help book or like something about real estate investments or something. I can't believe how fast I could get through it. Oh, yeah. So yep. I really started picking it up when I was like 20 years old, like reading a bunch of books and stuff. Um, but I know it's a common one for a lot of people. It actually was the first one that I read. It was, um, you know, rich dad, poor dad. Yeah. Cause that with the whole cash flow thing, it's very, very high level. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna come out of that book and be like, Oh, I'm all right. I'm going to like do this now and like buy this asset, but it just gives you a high level understanding about assets versus liabilities versus cash flow versus like working for your own, like working for yourself, like trading time for money or having money work for you. So that's, that's the backbone to the whole thing. And I think that that book is very valuable because when you put that book down, then you want to start researching other assets, one of which is real estate. So um, he doesn't go big into the whole real estate thing there. You know, he talks about how he bought like some houses and had, you know, a few investments and that type of thing, sold them later, made a profit in the growing areas, but I think it was Arizona, but uh, that transitioned into a lot of other books. Um, but yeah, I would say that that was my number one in my, my you know, biggest one to get me going. But then after that, I mean, I read a lot of the bigger pockets books. Um, I read the house hacking one because I'm doing the house hack actually like single family house back. Um, Craig's book. Um, he worked with bigger pockets on that one too. That was a good one. Um, and then like Mark Ferguson, he has, um, building a rental property empire. Um, that's a good one. Your first million is a good one. He's, uh, this guy who by 30 years old had a million dollars worth of properties just from, I think he was a police officer and just worked a normal job and just invested his money into rental properties and managed them properly. And then he was on his way kind of showing how you can just be an average person starting out and then just, you know, become a millionaire from it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like, you know, there's a book, the tax-free wealth book, good one on tax strategies. Um, I'm reading that one right now again, actually. Yeah. I think I, I thought I saw that one on your Instagram story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was an interesting one. Definitely more helpful when you have a lot more uh, assets and like a lot more things that you can put down, but 
still good to know. Definitely. Really, really good to know. Yeah. Um, and then I'm trying to think, I forget who wrote it. It was building wealth one house at a time. That was like a big single family one. Mm-hmm. So someone was, this guy was like buying houses that needed the work that he knew that he could do really well, but still were solid structures would buy them below market, go in, renovate as needed, live in them for like two years, sell it, rent or, or rent it, and then get another one, keep going, keep going. And then amassed a large portfolio. Um, but yeah, those are uh, all good ones to read. And then specifically, I know if you want to like, there's one on long, long uh, distance investing. So if you're not around the property a lot and you're kind of just managing it from multiple states away, that's a good one for that. That one's awesome. Um, yeah, the managing one is pretty good too. I know that was a Brandon Turner book, Managing Rental Properties, because it has like the full breakdown. There's even examples in the back for each state about what a tenant like lease agreement should look like. The lead laws, he explains all of that stuff. That's a pretty thick book and it goes everything from screening, background checks, like managing, collecting the payment, what to do with a um, security deposit, what to do first month, last month rent, the bank account, like that was a good one. That was, there's a lot of material in there. So I think that's the yeah. bigger pockets book that I don't have. I might have to change that. <laughs> yeah. I just got that one too. Yep. And I wasn't, uh, yeah, I, cause it was revised. I think there's a newer version of it now or something. Cause it said new and I was like, Oh, I haven't seen this one, but it looks important. So I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, you just keep it, keep it going. Um, but yeah, the, the books are really, they are helpful. You can fly through them. Oh yeah. I mean, you should read for at least like 15, 20 minutes a day, whether when you first get up in the morning or right before you go to bed, just, you know, it's not a big time suck out of your day. A little bit of knowledge here and there. It helps. It goes a long way. That's one thing I consider a book as an asset. So I literally oh, yeah. like, I have a bunch of like an ever everlasting list of books that people recommend. I literally just write them down. Yeah. I mean, like you never know what kind of perspectives you're going to see. And like, if you can pull at least one thing that might mm-hmm. change your mindset a little bit that you, yep. or something that you didn't know from each book, like, mm-hmm. you know, that it compounds, it's ridiculous. Yep. Um, oh yeah. I'm glad you talked about rich dad, poor dad. Cause yeah, it may be, you know, a little bit more of a common, um, common a lot of people have read it but i feel like everybody's read it but yeah but it's so important that it's ridiculous that was the first one that i read too and i recommend it to everybody yeah 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 Um, it's it's nuts like i'm telling my friends now about it and trying to get them to read it and like one of my buddies is halfway through it now and you know like he's starting to kind of like digest some of this stuff and i'm like all right dude let's go you know like starting them off yep (laughs) <laughs> for sure yeah and i've i've let like friends borrow it too and i've like just straight up handed it to people and just said get through this and they're like yeah. i don't like reading i'll only do the audiobook and i was like all right then listen to the audiobook just like just listen consume to it, it. <laughs> consume it as you're on your way to your job that you're pissed off that you have to go in early for a meeting for just just please listen to it <laughs> yep it's so. life-changing stuff man it's it's like an eight dollar book or i think i paid like eight bucks for it yeah I know me too. <laughs> right, right around there, something like that. Exactly. Yeah. That's but, definitely, there's a, like a handful of books that I'm probably going to read every year for probably the rest of my life, honestly, just as like a, a refresher. And that's mm-hmm. definitely like the big one. Yep. Um, you know, it's that book's totally worth its weight in gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's for it's sure. just incredible. Yep. I would agree. I would agree. Yep. But so. um, yeah, thank you so much, Joe, for, for coming on here again, man. Sure. It's, there was so Thanks much. For having in, me. There was so much in this episode, and it's it's insane. Mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna go back and watch this one a couple times over just to make sure I digest everything. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And uh, I guess for an ending note too, I like jotted this down when yeah. uh the quote from Jim Rohn. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with hang out and spend time with people that are, you know, in this case, I guess, managing rental properties, flipping houses, doing all that stuff. If, it, if it's what you.
you like to do cars, hang out with those people. Like you, yeah. it'll rub off. It's going to rub off. If your four best friends have 10 rental properties, you'll probably have at least six. <laughs> yep, it's how it works. Yeah. It just works. It's osmosis. So, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Yo, where, um, where can people reach you the best? Um, so, I mean, I'm on bigger pockets as Joseph Tacola. Uh, I, you know, I'm on there. Uh, I think it says Malden Mass. And then, you know, it talks about my first property. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a big in the discussion for the house hack, uh, North Shore, Massachusetts. So you can catch me on there. Yep. Um, and then um, let's see what else. I mean, I'm on Facebook, Joseph Tacola as well. And I'm on Instagram as joey.deeks, D-E-E-K-S. So, yeah. Um, yeah, if anyone's interested in learning about anything that I've done or, you know, how this is going or having any questions, shoot me a message or, you know, I'll get back to you. So you can do totally. it uh, over the phone too if if needed. But yep. glad I could uh, glad I could attend and, you know, offer my experience and, you know, kind of share what I've done and what I plan to do. So, yeah, all thank good stuff. So much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, All right. It was awesome to talk to you again, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, All I mean, right. I'm sure we'll have uh, a bunch of, you know, continued uh, talks going forward as we both progress to and expand the network. So, um, yeah, definitely. I look forward to other shows with, with other people like me and, you know, people that I'm trying to, to learn about what they're doing as well. Yep. So, keep up the good work. I like the uh, all the content that you got is pretty good. Thanks a bunch, man. Nice, nice website. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, the, the content is great on the, you know, Instagram page, the website, the, uh, uh, the videos, the podcast. So you're the best. All, man. All, <laughs> Thank it's, you. It's, it's, it's helping people. I'm trying. Sure is. So that's all, that's all positive. Yep. But keep up the, keep up the good work. All right, guys, that concludes our Creating Wealth podcast episode for today. I want to thank every single person that has listened this far. It really means a lot to know that people can learn from me and with me as we build wealth together. Hopefully, you can take home at least one thing from this podcast that will improve your life just a little bit. If you could, please check me out on social. That's at Kyle Curtin Real Estate on Instagram, Facebook, and I'm on Bigger Pockets. Until next time, let's build together.